listening to TomCast, Sydney Theatre Company's podcast series in which our Associate Director, Tom Wright, discusses the context and themes of shows in our current season. Episode 2, The Histrionic. The Histrionic is a, a perhaps slightly awkward and unfortunate attempt to translate an untranslatable title. Wonderful play by Thomas Bernhard that he wrote in 1984, which is late in Thomas Bernhard's writing career. The original title is Der Theatermacher, and, but Der Theatermacher is almost untranslatable into English. Um, but if you think of it, from, for those who sort of... Um, no German will know exactly what I'm referring to, but if you think of it in English terms, it has within it what its literal meaning, a maker of theatre, but it also has within it that sort of sense which in English is something similar to someone who goes a little bit over the top, you know, a bit of a drama queen, uh, someone who's um, prone to excesses of slightly histrionic behaviour, hence our slightly awkward translation. But it also has within it that sometimes, if you might say colloquially in certain um, circumstances, you know, the, the theatermacher is someone who's um, making a scene, you know, m- making too much of something. Um, and obviously this has a kind of uh, import to uh, Bernhard because to a certain extent he's almost suggesting that this is what um, history can be. At the risk of sort of getting sort of portentous about it all, it, it's a play which um, gently and in, in a very sort of humorous way um, sends up the heaviness of history if you are Austrian. So to wind back a bit, the interesting thing about it from our point of view is that one of the hallmarks of Australian theatre up till quite recently has been that it goes through these sort of phases of either being deeply nationalistic to the point of being a navel-gazing theatre where it's just obsessed by itself or the anglophonic equivalence of our own experience, or it goes through a kind of a wildly internationalist and outward-looking um, phase. And really, in the end, it, the, the two should not be in opposition to each other. They should sit side by side. But, and so in the spirit of the latter, one of the things that we've tried to do but have found very hard at STC level anyway is to program contemporary or near-contemporary plays in languages other than English, partly because of the difficulty of finding good translations, partly because you know, many directors are, uh, are really um, find it hard to sort of um, get a way into these texts, um, and maybe other reasons that I can't quite put my finger on. In any event, Bernhard is one of these writers that is of enormous significance in the German-speaking world um, and is an, particularly of enormous significance in a country like Austria, which, in spite of the fact that it's produced so many famous musicians and you know, Viennese society needs no introduction in terms of being the birthplace of Freud and God knows um, what else, all the way through to Wittgenstein. I mean, what I'm getting at is that Austria is a, a, a core society, as it were, in the history of the West, in spite of all that, sort of the idea of Austria as a autonomous culture in its own right within the German-speaking world gets a little bit lost from the point of view of Sydney, Australia, perhaps in a similar way to the way in which the Australian voice can also get lost in the bigger melting pot of English language culture all the way around the world. So when we decided that we would produce a play like the Theatermacher, the, the histrionic, we thought we'd look at it um, without trying to in any way pretend that it's um, anything other than what it really is, an Austrian play of its time set in the 1980s. The loose plot of it is, is easily told. A very fine actor, older actor, an actor now well and truly into his uh, 60s, 
who's called a, um, he defines himself or announces himself as a, a, a Staatsschauspieler. He's a, um, a state actor, so, you know, a, a national, like a national living treasure, that kind of status of actor, um, finds himself towards the end of his career in a travelling troupe with his um, band of actors who happen to be his nuclear family, um, touring the back blocks, the absolute alpine back blocks of Austria with his magnum opus, a play that he has himself written, directed, composed and, and stars in. Uh, and so on one level it's a chance for Bernhard to explore the ideas of provincialism and metropolitanism and the ideas of what it is to, to talk about a culture that has a centre, which Australians will relate to straight away, the idea that up until quite recently if it didn't happen in New York or London it probably wasn't happening at all. That kind of mentality is being explored here. But it's a two-way street on one level because um, Bernhardt's plays are always, one thing that un unifies them is that they're always actually talking about what it is to be Austrian. So he explores, if you like, the universal by being very particular in his local community. And it's worth saying a couple of things about Bernhardt's particular view of Austrianness. Um, he was himself an orphan from an illegitimate, or semi-orphan, I should say, but he was from an illegitimate background. He was actually born outside of Austria. His family felt very marginalised by the events of history, and as someone born as he was in the sort of the 1920s, it was just inevitable that um, the impact of the Second World War would hang very heavily, of course, over the family. But the Austria of Thomas Bernhardt is an Austria that was able, after the war, to start acting and even kidding itself or pretending that it was in some way a victim of the Nazi era rather than um, sort of sharing responsibility with Germany for um, perpetuating the Nazi regime. So if you like, you have this model, at least in Bernhardt's vision of the world, where uh, West Germany and East Germany respectively had to come to terms with their Nazi past, but the Austrians were allowed to wallpaper over it. And it's the peeling back of that wallpaper that his body of work is about. He doesn't have a particularly um, happy um, vision of his own society. For him, Austria is a kind of a backward, almost inbred place where um, the great achievements of the past and the wonderful aspects of Austrian society have become perverted or um, sickened, as it were, over the course of time to the point where they almost feel like grotesque um, send-ups of what was once wonderful and incisive. So you have this wonderful old actor, this character called Bruscon, who on one level is and has to be believed to have been once one of the most wonderful classical actors of the stage. As he says in the play, I, I played Mephisto in Zurich, I played Faust in Berlin. You know, he's a marvellous sort of um, owner of everything that is wonderful about German language culture. But on another level, there's something far darker going on, is that you begin to observe that he's actually a monster, almost a, a fascistic tyrant towards his own family, and for that matter, the public and the people that seek to um, help him put on his wonderful work. So there's a set of symbols at work there. You've got the, a theatre maker, someone who makes something, but what they make is just theatre. In the end, it's just a play. In the end, it's ephemeral. It's all that kind of material. On one level, it's that. But the play that he's making is history, and so I guess to a certain extent what Bernhardt's writing about here is the stage, both the literal stage and the metaphorical stage of history. And that becomes quite clear as you watch this play and you never actually get to see the wheel of history, this famous play that they're putting on in this country town, but you hear about it and the characters in it are almost absurd. He has scenes where Napoleon is talking to Churchill or where Stalin, Stalin might be talking to Metternich or something like that. It's not a, a realistic historical play, it's a sort of a pageant of historical archetypes, much like a, a Jean Genet sort of um, 
um, parade in Le Balcon or something like that. There's a sense that actually you're dealing with the ridiculous mask of Western history. That in itself makes the whole sort of um, business of what it is to put it on in a small um, back blocks, Tyrolean village, all the more interesting. There's a particular moment in the play where Bruscone is sort of walking around these slightly rotten floorboards in this um, theatre and he sees a, a grimy photograph on the wall and he smears away the sort of the detritus of dust and, and grease that has um, come upon this particular photo and realises that there's a photograph of Hitler which no one's ever bothered to take down for 45 years. And he says to the landlord, is that Hitler? And the, and the landlord looks at it and says, oh, yes, I think, I think, that, is, I think that is Hitler. And Bruscon just sort of asks gently, so no one's thought sort of that it might not be a good idea to have a picture of Hitler up on the wall? And the landlord says, oh, no, no one's really mentioned it, you know, and it, it hasn't seemed terribly important so far. And you get that sense of a society that on one level has sort of seen, been witness to some of the most monstrous barbarities of the wheel of history, but at the same time seems cruelly, almost provincially... Um, blind to it. But the ironies are just a cascade upon each other as you watch this play. The Bruscon brings what the play calls sort of high culture. He's trying to bring theatre, he's trying to bring sort of culture um, on tour. But what he actually comes across when he gets to this tiny little um, village, which um, it's a fictional village, uh, Bernhardt calls it Ursbach. When he gets to Ursbach and he speaks to the landlord, the landlord says, oh, it's a miracle that you know anyone can actually hang up curtains for you or do anything at all because today's blood sausage day. And Bruscom says, oh, I'm sorry that I've come when you're making your blood sausage. Is, is every Tuesday blood sausage day? Oh, yes, and every other day is sausage day. And what it becomes clear is that all Utzbach does is breed pigs, slaughter them and make them into sausages. What, and what sort of is implied or what becomes clear as you watch this play over uh, as, it, the, as it unfolds is that in some way there's not too much difference between the way in which the provincial sort of peasantry in this town manufacture sausages and the way in which Bruscon manufactures stories and anecdotes and justifications for his own monstrous cruelties to his family. And then for that matter, the play that they're going to perform at the for the local villages is a bit of a sausage factory in itself. It's sort of... And then there's the sort of more hideous, um, awful uh, meaning sort of underlying all of that all put together, which is this idea that um, in some way some of the most awful sausage factories and some of the most awful examples of mass mechanism were um, exactly what was hanging over these characters when they were young. Because if you do the mathematics, if the character of Bruscon is in his 60s and the play is set in its 80s, he's clearly roughly the same age as uh, Bernhardt himself. And he actually refers to what it was like, only obliquely and only in passing, but he is, refers to Hitler and he refers to the Second World War. And that in itself is quite unusual within Austrian theatre and for the um, Austrian stage. So it's a specifically Austrian play, and yet you don't need to know much more about Austria than um, where it is and what its rough history was to enjoy the kind of monstrosity of this particular play. On one level, um, when the character of Bruscon launches into one of his tirades, and they are tirades, he would have nine-tenths of the lines in this play, on one level they're 
they're almost overwhelming. It's almost like a, a sort of a tsunami of vitriol. But on another level, there's a kind of a delicious pleasure in it all, much like the way in which Rowan Atkinson handles a, a put-down in Blackadder or, or the way in which sort of me- physical and, and um, mental and linguistic cruelty is handled by people like sort of Stephen Fry or the Monty Python team, but in a far more Germanic in slightly sort of blunt way. And yet you begin to realise that there's a, a humanity at work un, underneath it all. And one of the reasons why Bernhardt was considered such a great writer is in, in spite of his desire to shake his fellow citizens awake and in spite of his desire to, well, as they say in Austria, to besmirch the nest, and in spite of his desire to make himself unpopular with his fellow citizens, he, had, does, he never um, doesn't allow a kind of essential humanity even to his most monstrous characterizations he wants them to be deliberately and and perfectly complicated so what do you get in this play you get this character of Bruscon who at the very beginning makes it quite clear that they've been traveling all day they come to this small isolated rural theater and then for most of the next sort of hour and a half you get him increasingly talking himself into anxiety about the forthcoming performance it's left ambiguous as to whether or not his play, The Wheel of History, is actually a work of genius or is a kind of absurd burlesque. It's not clear. But what you do know is that he tortures his son, Ferruccio. He tortures his daughter, Sarah. Um, he is extremely rude to his hosts. And in the end, he has that kind of deep resentment of the high-achieving, high-artist caught in deeply provincial surrounds. There's also some interesting, to some audience members, there might be some very interesting sort of parallels between the way in which Bernhard has his character, Bruscon, talk about what it is, what Austria is and what Austrianness is. And on occasions, uh, there's um, interesting parallels to um, the Australian character when it's at its most sort of um, self-hating and um, self-eviscerating. There's a particular phase, um, um, point in the play where uh, Bruscon somewhat wearily talks about what it is to be an artist in Austria and he sort of talks about the way in which Austrian society will always make life hard for people who want to make serious points but if you're a good looking young boy with a sort of a golden retriever smile the world falls over for you and he goes on to talk about these athletes who can only do anything physically but are incapable of using their brains and um, how the, the doors open magically all across society and um, some peop- when, when this was first read by the actors there was this sort of um, sort of knowing exhalation. Now, whether that says much about, whether that says a lot about Australian actors or whether that says a lot about Bernhardt will leave up to audiences, but there is that um, interesting sense, and not just because of the slight phonetic similarities between the two countries, there's an interesting sense that this is a beautiful play about what it is to be provincial and what it is for, what's the redeeming factors of provincialism, what are the kind of demeaning factors of provincialism, and what it means to be provincialism in the big sweep of history. Uh, to what extent do we inhabit the same stage as the aforementioned Stalins and Metternichs and Hitlers and, and these sort of monsters and, one, and, for that matter, wonderful heroes of history? Or are they, in the end, just sort of carnival, um, paper mache masks that parade before us and we just get on with the business of making sort of blood sausages or worrying, uh, like, hypochondriacs about our sort of our stomach disorders and, and so on? A very funny play, a very interesting, beautiful moment in history. When Bernhard eventually um, died, uh, he left in his will quite explicit, extremely explicit instructions that he didn't really care about the rest of the world, but he didn't want any new productions of any of his plays ever, 
ever for the rest of history in Austria. It's almost like having written a great deal of work for the theatre and had a great deal of love for the theatre. Once he was gone, he wanted his theatre to die as well. And so you have that beautiful irony of almost the most Austrian of playwrights um, seeking for his work or finding that his work can only live in environments and societies outside of Austria itself. (laughs) 